Welcome back in, everybody. Brady Farkas show on a Thursday right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. On after Red Sox baseball today, Red Sox wrapping up their series with the Tigers. And joining us now, as he does every single Thursday at this time, is our guy from WBZ News Radio in Boston. It's Adam Kaufman. Adam, what's up, man? How are you? Feeling good. You know, we're uh, NFL draft is in the rear view, obviously. We're getting toward the uh, stretch here, the, the final handful of games or so for the Celtics and Bruins before the playoffs. Red Sox are the best team in the American League East. I'm, I'm doing all right. And well, the Reds good. haven't lost in regulation. Let's just go, you know, complete the circle. I know. I enjoy the nightly Adam Kaufman Twitter counter of what teams in New England have done over the last several there weeks. There you go. You're the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm the one paying attention. Um, before we get to the NFL draft recap, I mentioned we're on it for the Red Sox today. The broadcast made note, and I hadn't realized this, this is the 1,000th career Red Sox game for Xander Bogarts today. And number one, I can't believe he's been around that long to have played 1,000 games in Boston. And because he's not loud and because he's not flashy, I think he gets lost in the shuffle and the, and the totality of New England sports. Like, I feel like he's like a top three athlete in New England sports right now. Top three in New England sports. Um I mean, Tatum's there, Bergeron. Right, and and that's kind of what I was thinking about, what I put him after those two were in the company of those two. He's in the conversation for sure. I mean, you almost by default, like if, you know, those kind of lazy sports talk radio conversations about Matt Ru- Mount Rushmore that yes. uh, everybody like if you were to if you were to make a Mount Rushmore for today's Boston teams yeah he'd be the guy representing the Red Sox so I guess you have to put him in that conversation but it is wild because of of how young he still feels obviously I mean he's not yet 30 he's 28 29 years old but he's been around since 2013 you know he's mm-hmm. he's been with this team for quite a while he's been a you know, uh, really, at least in in the last half dozen years, pretty much, he, he's been a consistent contributor. I know there were some ups and downs when he first came up, but generally speaking, you know what you're going to get from Xander Bogarts, and he's, you know, regularly been not uh, a top MVP vote getter, but a guy that does receive votes. He's he's gotten his recognition across the league. Obviously, you know, the bat is. He's having a career year right now, but he's, you know, in recent years, I mean, I'm, I'm just, he's 20 plus home runs multiple times, hundred plus RBI multiple times. He's regularly hitting right around 300. That's his career batting average, pretty close to it anyway. I know people overlook uh, the significance of batting average in this day and age yeah. of uh, Atlanta, advanced metrics and analytics and whatnot, but there's no denying this is, this is a good player who's on a very team friendly deal, by the way, and is, uh, loves Boston, represents all that uh, Boston hopes to represent on the field, and it's the the transition that we've gone from kind of you know David Ortiz and Dustin Pedroia's teams to Mookie Betts teams to now it's you know no no slight on Raphael Devers obviously, but this is Xander Bogart's club. Yeah, Bogarts is certainly uh, one of the top shortstops in baseball, and he doesn't get seen that way. It seems like you know with Lindor and Seager and all that, but Bogart certainly is one of the best. Um, all right, it has been one week since Mac Jones was selected number 15 overall by the Patriots. One week into the Mac Jones era. How do you feel about the selection overall? Same as I felt at the time. I think that I think I said this to you. The way that I felt about it as soon as he was drafted was, you know, I if it were me, just 
and and I'm not going to pretend I know more than Bill Belichick. I don't, but I, I think a lot of people felt the same way. It's like, do you want Mac Jones or do you want Justin Fields? Well, Fields seems like the guy that has the higher ceiling. That was the guy that I was more interested in them drafting. Obviously, they would have had to trade up a, a few picks to do so, and and as we saw from Chicago, give up a pretty good chunk of collateral and pick compensation in order to achieve that. Uh, I think Bill Belichick was obviously content to let Mac Jones fall to him. You know, I, I don't believe that he loves Mac Jones. I think mm -hmm. if he loved him, he would have made it a point to move up however many spots to ensure that he got him. But, you know, he read the draft right, I think, in a lot of ways and seeing that, OK, it, it looks like this guy is going to slip. And he liked him enough, obviously, to take him at 15. But that being said, like if if Mac Jones went off the board at 14, I really don't think Bill Belichick would have lost sleep over that. I think there were other guys that he probably had ranked similarly that he would have been just as content to get. What I really liked about the pick, kind of going back to the field's point, is, you know, while I wasn't overly enthused about Mac Jones, the player, the prospect. I really like the pick in terms of what it represents. I like yep. that the Patriots are at least acknowledging, even if they're not going out of their way to, to chase it down, because I don't think they did again, but they're acknowledging, look, we don't know our future at quarterback. Cam Newton, even if he is great this year, Mac Jones doesn't see the field other than in garbage time, which by the way, would be an ideal scenario. Mm -hmm. Cam's not our long-term solution. We need to go out and add a guy, ideally through the draft, whether that's day one in the form of Mac Jones, whether it's day two, Davis Mills, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, you know, whichever guy you prefer. I think they probably would have done that if Jones had been taken ahead of, obviously, uh, you know, number 15. But I, I like what the pick represents. I like the acknowledgement of saying, we don't have this position figured out long-term. Hopefully, Mac Jones, who undeniably fits the system and what Bill Belichick values in a quarterback very, very well. He's accurate. He's, you know, he's precise. He's intelligent. He manages the game well. He doesn't make mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over. At least, you know, we don't know what he's going to be in the NFL, but this is what we saw at Alabama yeah. in a pro-style system. He has the vote of confidence from Nick Saban, and, and there's a, a, a long pipeline there of Bill Belichick draft picks who have played under Saban in Alabama. So I, I think that He's comfortable. He trusts it. And we'll see what Mac Jones is. Adam Kaufman, WBZ News Radio in Boston with us here as he is every single Thursday on the Brady Farkas show. Uh, you know, Mike Clay of ESPN, who's much smarter than me, has the Patriots as the 21st best roster in the NFL right now post-draft. And when you start looking at his rationale, I, I where he has them deficient, I also can see the deficiencies. But like, 21st best roster seems low. I, I think they're a playoff team next year, which would inherently get them at least in the top 14 of the NFL, I would think. like That seems low to me. What do you think? Well, where does he have them deficient? Because honestly, and, and maybe this is me putting on the, the like Patriots nation hat or something like that, but I don't think, well, while I don't view them necessarily as as like, oh man, put them in the Super Bowl contender conversation. I agree with you. Like, I think they're a a wild card team. I think they are a playoff team. I don't think they're a fringe playoff team. I think they. A lot of that depends on the quarterback position, the play of Cam Newton or whomever comes after him. But I do think they're a playoff team, and I don't. Outside of the big question of quarterback, and it is a big question, I don't see them as having that one position or one unit where they are remarkably deficient. He's got them. You know, below average at quarterback. He's got them severely below average still at wide receiver. He's got them below average at linebacker and 
slightly below average at running back, which is the one I probably had the biggest contention with. That's interesting. See, I, I think they're set up pretty well at running back. I'm very comfortable with where they are at running back linebacker as well. Wide receiver makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I, that's one thing that I've been saying, I've been tweeting like crazy, you know, going back to the start of free agency, especially with the retirement now of Julian Edelman, even though his health was going to be in question, if he did play, they do. I just feel like they're not done adding at that position. And maybe it's the Julio Jones pipe dream. I don't know, yeah. but you know, they, they don't have, well, I think they did a really good job in free agency at bringing in, you know, depth and well-rounded guys and guys that certainly can have good years. You know, to me, I just kind of look at if, if I'm examining the pass catchers, I, I feel like this is an offense that's going to lean very heavily on the new tight ends, John yeah. Smith and Hunter Henry. I don't feel like they have that clear cut number one thousand yard threat receiver, unless of course, Cam Newton's, you know, on-field chemistry with, Jacoby Myers sort of lends him to become that guy. I don't view Bourne as that guy. I don't view Aguilar as that guy. And, you know, the list goes on. I certainly, you know, we have no reason to view Nikhil Harry right now as that guy. Uh, you know, Edelman, if healthy, could have been. So it's uh, – th that is I get that. I, I don't think they're woefully below average, but, you know, because I, I do like the balance there among the pass catchers. Again, elite tight ends – serviceable to good wide receivers and James White is still a very you know very good pass catching running back but um it, it would be nice to see them go out and add another guy at wide out I just don't know who that's going to be whether it emerges here still during free agency whether it's a, a training camp acquisition or maybe even someone they are able to acquire before the trade deadline you know, in addition to working at WBZ News Radio in Boston, you also are the host of the Celtics uh, Beat podcast there. So you're really in tune with what the Green are doing. They won last night. They blew out the Magic. It was nice to see them do that mm -hmm. rather than have to come back from 30 down like they did against the Spurs the other day. I, I don't know if the Celtics are the most disappointing team in the NBA or the most unlucky team in the NBA or potentially both. How do you see that? Sure. Could be both. I mean, there's... We all get all over the Celtics this year. I am right there with everybody else with, you know, the, like this is a team that is quite frankly too talented to be sitting here scoreboard watching every night as to whether they're going to, you know, ensure themselves a playoff spot in the top six in the East or have to obviously play in the play-in tournament and, you know, hope to emerge from that and then get in as a seven or eight seed. It's This is a team that has top four seed talent and maybe in these final handful of games they'll find a way to get there because all these teams are so closely packed together but what Brad Stevens the coach has been emphatic about is that they are not chasing playoff seeding you know they're not going to play Jalen Brown who was injured dealing with yeah. you know the sprained ankle more than they have to they're not gonna you know guys who have had you know COVID concerns in the past they're not going to push them beyond whatever their physical limits are. He was asked point blank on the radio the other day, Kemba Walker, if, you know, he doesn't play back to backs. If, if you need him in order to get a top six seed versus being in the play in tournaments, the last game of the regular season, you need Kemba out there on the floor because you need a W will you? And Brad said, no, hmm. whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We're, we're sticking with the plan as it relates to Kemba Walker. So they are not, hell-bent on finishing in the top six as much as we would like them to be. But to the first point of your question, they have run away. I mean, lapped 
the field when it comes to <laughs> games missed this year due to injuries and COVID related, you know, health and safety protocols. It's, it's not even close. So there is a lot of, I, it sounds like excuse making. I realize that, but there's a lot of, you know, lack of luck uh, or being unlucky within that. There, there's just no denying that. Now it's frustrating for people because you know, all right, well, here we go. It's just another year of excuses for Celtics fans. And, you know, are you going to waste the Tatum Brown window and, you know, on and on and on it's, but at a certain point, you are not telling the Celtics 2021 story without acknowledging that you're just not, I mean, there are teams like, I don't even know, like the Indiana Pacers who have, they've, they have had like two games missed due to COVID and the Celtics are well up over a hundred. You know, wow. it's there. There's just you can't you can't not acknowledge that as a part of their story, however disappointing or unlucky or whatever it is. Have they underachieved on paper with what their record is? Of course they have, but it's not entirely their fault. Get you out of here on this. Uh, we're trending towards playoff time, so I'll start paying more attention to the black and gold. The Bruins have, cl have clinched a playoff spot. How are you feeling about them right now? Trending towards the playoffs. Great. I mean, if if health cooperates, not to you know go back to what we were talking about with the Celtics, but you know they've missed a lot of time too. Now they have overcome it. They've been great. A lot of next man up. It's you know the forwards, especially with the acquisition of Taylor Hall in particular, who's been terrific since coming over from the Sabers. I think that you know the the top two lines uh, obviously are are locked in. They're getting contributions from the third, the fourth line as well. There's a lot of balance there. I, you should feel good. I mean, this is Stanley Cup contender. There are injury concerns on the back end in terms of the defense. You know, obviously, despite the the really good play we've seen and and unpredictably good play from rookie Jeremy Swayman and yeah. obviously it is Tukaras team and he's got to be your guy come the postseason and that's the plan if he goes down with an injury and then you're leaning on Swayman in the same way that they had to lean on Yaroslav Halak last year when Tuka left the bubble there's you know reason for concern and wondering what this team's ceiling is but you know based on the way that they're presently constituted this team is absolutely a cup contender and i'm eager to see what it looks like i'd love to find out what happened to jake debrusque this season for as good as everything has been like i'd love to figure out the jake debrusque riddle because i was so high on him coming into the season yeah a lot of people were and i mean he is a notoriously slow starter he's acknowledged that he's acknowledged that it's problematic but you know he just never got going this year and yeah. whether that was you know, lack of confidence, mental side of the game, you know, kind of getting down on yourself and never able to climb out of it, or whether it was, you know, poor combination with, with the lines that he was on, or, you know, it's within him, he wasn't aggressive enough or getting into the dirty areas or taking enough chances on net or whatever it may be. I mean, I'm, I'm not a coach, a coach. I'm not a, a scout and analyst in, in, in the way that, you know, those guys could all weigh in on this, obviously, or that Jake himself could weigh in on it. But, yeah, I mean, occasionally, and you hate to see it from a young guy, especially one that wants to go out and make a ton of money, but, you know, occasionally you do have these kind of weird lost years, and that's uh, sort of what it feels like out of Jake DeBrusque unless he just goes nuts in the playoffs. Adam, thanks as always, man. We will talk to you again next week. Pleasure.